Welcome to Life in the Peloton, second episode of the year, and we're off and rolling. Got Adam Hansen on again, a crowd favorite and my personal favorite, and this time we got Adam on talking about nutrition. If you didn't hear the first episode, you got to check it out. I released it February 3rd this time last year, and awesome episode. We're talking about Adam attempting the 20th Grand Tour in a row, and also just talking about what Adam does in the room and... What he actually does outside the race is really interesting, but this time we're talking about nutrition. And we're not only talking about nutrition as a pro cyclist, but we're just talking about nutrition in general. What Adam gets up to, what he thinks we should do as human beings. And I love hearing from everyone too. So drop me a line at Life in the Peloton Instagram or Life in the Peloton Twitter account and send me in some questions because I really want to do a mailbag with Luke Durbridge in the coming weeks. So Send those questions in and um, we'll have a crack at them. So sit back and enjoy Adam Hansen. Adam Hansen, here we are one year again since the last time, back in the Hilton, <laughs> podcast number two, um, I'm glad I could get you on the pod again and we've been talking all year last year about doing a second one but it never happened and believe it or not it's actually been quite hard to get here tonight, hard, we sort of have our routines and one of the things I said to you the other day was I never really want this to be a burden on anyone. And so we found a little moment tonight, um, mid-race in the Tour Down Under. Here we are. Here we are. So um, it's a new year, new start of the season. And something I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, you were known last time we spoke about it was the whole record, you know, three grand tours and pushing at the record. And um, new year, it's looking like, no three grand tours what's the thoughts yeah so that's right so no three grand tours which is um a bit of a relief uh in some si- in some yeah. ways uh so yeah i get to do totally different races this season and it's it, i feel like a neo pro almost <laughs> <laughs> has it has it actually has the summer preparation completely changed um well i'm working with a new coach now so i'm doing wow a, yeah i'm doing everything new um i just want so i actually feel like and even with the the team change, I really feel like yeah. well the the riders in the team, I really feel like I'm in a totally different team. So yeah. we've got a new coach. Uh, we've got different riders around me now. So the whole season is um, yeah. As um, you know, I, I, I'm sure you've heard of um, Simon Guerin saying when he changed to BMC, he had so much more motivation. Everything yeah. it was just a a totally different circle of people. I uh, feel the same with uh, just continuing the same team. Yeah, that's nice. And how's it been? How's it actually been? Because you were training yourself before, weren't you? Mm. How's that been reporting into a coach or him sending some things and you actually maybe thinking in the back of your mind, don't know if I agree about that. Has it, has it been that? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Um, there's a few times I've... Um, but, you know, training, there's no... We, we, 
I think we all wish we knew how to train properly and there's no exact way how to train. Yeah. And you know, we all have our theories and methods and you read you know, studies and research and you hope you're doing what is best and you see what works for you, doesn't work for the other guys and there's no you know, black and white. So with the new coach, it's more, um, I always say the most important thing about having a coach is so you do your training, you send your training to that person mm. and just to have that little person on your back to make sure you do your training. So, and I wanted to try something different and this guy seemed like he knew his stuff. So yeah, I, 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 I'm actually at the start, I was super excited about it and I still am. Mm. And some of the things he submits, I, I do question it and I do get fair answers I can't um, mm. argue against. So um, yeah, I'm interested in learning new things. So we'll see. It's funny, like I reckon I always use, someone gave me this example once and you, to go back on change. They said you, I don't even know if they said you should or they said I do, I can't remember now, but they said they change their accountant every two years. I was like, why is that? And they said, well, the thing is, even if you've got a good accountant, you go to a new accountant and they want to win you over. They want to find new loopholes. They want to push, you know, whatever. And it's the same thing, I think, in all walks of life when you... I just changed teams last year and I was getting to a point where I wasn't necessarily sure if I loved what I was doing, professional cycling. I still liked doing it, but the love had sort of drifted away and just a whole new environment, it, exactly what you said, oh. it refreshed me. Yeah. And it's the same with a coach, you know, <clears throat> and suddenly you feel like you want to impress that person. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you, you know... You, you, it's, it's, it sounds funny how you say you want to impress that person, but you do. You, know? you do, yeah. Because when you go and you train yourself, you just, you know, you do really good numbers and you do really good hours and you think it looks good, but, you know, you can't show it to anyone and have that extra person give you that um, subconscious confidence that mm. you need. And with this guy, it's, it's really good. He comments well and he says, oh, okay, you did it better than I thought. Or sometimes, <clears throat> like one, this one day I... I didn't read the description and it was like two minutes hard, two minutes easy, four minutes at threshold. And I missed the two minutes easy part. So I did <laughs> two minutes at 500 watts and then four minutes at threshold. And I did four times and just actually killed me, but I did it. And then he was like, oh, <laughs> that's why you cooked yourself. Cause I was cooked a few days after, but he was impressed I uh, completed the session. Um, so, but it's- That's now in the sessions, <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a bad thing I did it. Now he knows I can. Um, but yeah, so it's good that, you know, you get to show it and, uh, and, and also, I'm sure you have this, sometimes you always doubt things, you know, mm. you think you're doing things right. And it's nice when you have someone that's educated with heaps of experience and, you know, they say, okay, yep, you're doing it right and it's good and you're on a good path. I think you actually hit the nail on the head. For me, I've always said this, for me, I could probably have anyone write me a program, but if I really believed in that program, no matter what it was, I'm pretty sure I'd go all right. It's the belief, it's the person who's writing it, if I believe in what they're telling me and I trust them, it doesn't need to be the most scientific program in the world. It helps if it is. But if I don't, if someone comes with this whiz-bang program, it's the best thing ever, and I don't really believe in it, I don't really believe in the person, I've got no connection, there's no way I'm doing that uh, program. I, I, this, this is one of the, the nicest thing for me to have a coach now is I don't have to worry about my program. Yeah. Because before I'd you know, set out the plan and set up my race, okay, I got three weeks before that race and you have a tapering off period and then you have your build up phase and then yeah, and then I sort of go back to the start where you have your strength phase and, and I used to spend so much time on it then you get sick or something you know, or something goes wrong. When you have a coach, you just say, these are my races, that's it, and he sends it to you. Okay, yeah. he takes his time to build it and just, it's, just, it's just another workload off my shoulders. So in this sense, it's... 
okay you got to trust the guy like you said and i believe what he what he says is right and i don't even have to worry about it i just i just wake up in the morning what's training today okay and then mm -hmm. i just do it yeah it is it is it's a relief off off your shoulders and and then with especially with my family too like it, i just don't bring all that stuff home you just keep it yeah. external that's training that's work yeah. and that's family yeah. all right well moving on what i wanted to talk to you today was today about was nutrition race nutrition it's been a request from a lot of people and actually we'll speaking about it too they want to know a little bit about what we do um what makes us so good why we perform so well on the bike what we put in our systems to make us go and i thought one good thing to start off would be um, which is really important especially here in tour down under but i think throughout the whole season which does get overlooked in the colder climates but is hydration and a lot of people a lot of cyclists have different views on hydration but i think it all comes down to the same idea and it's very important here because of the heat but i think it's also very important like i said in the classics where it's colder and you don't actually know how much you know fluid you're losing and stuff like that i guess what what is your view and what what is your protocol here for this race what are you thinking at the moment what are you doing here um to combat that well with my hydration it's not very scientific um i always never have a problem with hydration i i think it's maybe just coming from cans um so i've just generally always drank a lot and i don't suffer so much from the heat and um fluid loss but i just think i always uh well i, I kind of believe i always kind of do it right so um yeah i'm not going to be able to give you so much information about this but i do remember reading a graph and these numbers are going to be off but it's something like if you're one percent dehydrated you lose like five percent in performance and then if you're two percent off it's almost ten percent in performance and it's actually a dramatic change um so i do know it's very important um <clears throat> however i did a few not, i was going to say stupid but not stupid crazy tests that um home about three or four years ago i want to see so i had a planned session and what i did was is because there's okay there's hydration there's also fluid loss so in your lymphatic system and everything like this um and you know uh i swell up a lot um mm -hmm. uh, depending on different types of food i eat so what i thought was trying to what i wanted to test was is okay let's say do an hour and a half session and i included um five sprints a five minute effort and a 20 minute effort all with one and a half hours and I did the exact same session the next day but I jumped into a sauna before and I lost four um, liters of fluid but while sipping water so, so you were yeah so I was hydrated but, but you were but my lymphatic system was and my dehydrated fluid, it was dehydrated and I actually um, performed equally on both wow with four kilos difference um, so I always had this dream that if um, I, I shouldn't swear. If I was more professional and had more money and time, I'd have a guy drive around the races with a sauna and I'd do the same uh, method before every race. So four kilos. Yeah, well, so in, in saying that, technically, if you just rehydrate to a little bit from a hot stage and you remain light from the stage for the next day, is that what you're getting at? Well, I do think people go a bit overboard. And um, one thing I think especially here we have these powerades in the fridge and we also have water and a lot of guys yes you should have you know you replace your sugars that's a must and your sodium um because on on the other side of the scale 
electrolytes, electricity in our brain. If we dilute the water too much and drink way too much water, we actually drop dead. Mm. Um, we'll never come into that state. But I do think, so you do need to have your Powerades and your um, energy drinks after the stage to, and you, you know, glycogen stores are also empty. So you do need to refill them. That's 100% for sure. And you also need to drink more. But I think a lot of guys are having too much sugar. Um, mm. And you see a lot of guys bloated. Mm. Uh, um, and they talk about that as bloated. And I do think they're probably drinking maybe a bit too much. Um, mm. So, yeah, I do think you should not just juggle it down and just maybe just keep a constant fluid always. And, okay, when you go to the toilet, you can almost see when you're dehydrated. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting you talk about that because, you know, and you, you just spoke about how much percent you can lose when you are dehydrated. So there is that theory that it's better to be overhydrated because I would rather not be... 5%, 10% off your best, which sure. is so much. It's a lot. You know, sometimes you wish you just 1% better. Yeah. And if you can beat your best 20 minute power by 1%, mm. you're over the moon, right? Yeah, exactly. So 10%, we're talking huge amounts. Yet on the flip side, if we look at this small test you did, four kilos is quite a lot. It's a real lot also. Like we're starting tomorrow up the freeway <laughs> or whatever, and I'm well hydrated, Yeah. you know? Interesting, very interesting. Um, all right, well then, I guess you sort of touched on it quickly, but to go a little bit more into what you were saying, just on the back of the rehydration and getting the, the carbs back into the system or the glucose, um, the glycogen back into the muscles post-race, what do you deem is the most important thing for a professional cyclist in their diet? Well, the, 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 the stuff, not one specific thing, but you talked about then glycogen back into the muscles, you know. Well, for recovery, <clears throat> for recovery uh, ways, the, I think when you finish, well, some studies show this also, when you finish a race, the first thing you have to do is replace your glycogen stores. And just to have protein after a race and not glycogen, you won't get the benefits from the protein without having your glycogen restored. So that's number one thing. And when you have um, your glycogen restored... Why is that? So I think a lot of people are thinking out there, and I've been down that road too, you're like the whole, this is something I want to talk you about as well, is the whole low carb, you know, high protein, high fat. So it's like when you have a protein shake, it's like, well, I want it whey. I don't want any carb in it. You know, just straight whey protein. But actually... To get the benefit of that protein, you also need some some carbohydrate in there. Yeah, so you need the carbs because you get an insulin spike. Mm -hmm. And when you have the insulin spike, that's the most anabolic ho natural hormone you can get. So what actually happens is you have your, I never say this word probably, mitochondria cells. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and when you have the your uh, your glucose, your insulin spikes up, and then you have what insulin does is like little keys, and they, it opens up the doors to the cell. And then you can take um, uh, amino acids in there, and then you get your, that's how you get your rebuilding phase. So if you do not have the uh, the glycogen, you don't have such a high insulin spike, and then you have um, less of these cells res restored. So that's why you actually have got to have your your glycogen filled up. So essentially, you're drinking it for no reason. Well, well, yeah, to a degree, you're actually yeah, you're wasting actually, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, but you're stocking up your cells for the next day, also. Yeah, um, so that's that's also, and then. Um, yeah, so definitely you got to have your protein um, because you can't repair muscle without protein. And, but that's, that's the real reason why you've got to have your glycogen refilled to have the, 
Yeah, so, but when you have the insulin spike, people people don't realize this. And there's some, uh, like some proper <coughs> trained bodybuilders actually try and, they try and, um, how do I say this, uh, time when they have the high insulin because it is mm. the most anabolic state you are. And that's when you can get the most amount of um, amino acids into your cells again. So, so from consuming the, the carbohydrate, they've looked at the most, the time that the, the spike is at its highest? Well, to ingest yeah, so, then the protein. Yeah, so um, there's some guys what they do is they try and have a high spike so they can have the most amount of protein into their system. But also you don't always want to have insulin spikes. It's not a healthy thing no. too because this makes you pre-diabetic and diabetics too um, and et cetera, et cetera. So this is also not good. But for if you time it right and if you're low and okay, we're athletes so we don't overeat. So this is a, a different for um, people that do overeat. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you, it's it's okay to have these high insulin spikes, and also we do it in the races too. Mm. Um, you know, when there's a, a mountain coming out, you want as much glucose into your system, so you have you know one or two gels just before, um, just so you can uh, have much uh, obviously energy to get over the climb. Mm. Um, and and that's what you see as probably the most important factor is actually having those muscles, whether it's recovering in a stage race or pre-race completely full of glucose ready to perform for the day and then i guess if we want to just sort of skip on to the next thing was what was then your view with a a low a low carb high fat high protein diet with performance you know because this was a big phase you know that sort of came in and i think is drifting away now and it's more drifting into a period where People are understanding how to periodize this diet and use it properly for training. And I think it, with the whole idea of it and just in just with general media, I understand from a few guys around, around me and even myself sometimes, I missed it and was racing a lot of times under-fueled. Um, so when you say uh, low-carb, high fat and high protein is that right yeah yeah so it's almost like a keto keto diet um you know i've tried i've been there um it's really good to go into ketosis state and it's really good for your fat metabolism which is i think is super important and and, uh, we discussed before this podcast you know talk about the difference between a professional and a non-professional and when you do these let's say bay crits or um Post to a criteriums and you do have these amateurs in there and they're super strong. They are super strong and they have, you know, um, they're they're actually much better than myself. Mm. But then you put them in a long stage race, which is totally different. And the biggest difference between amateur and a pro is the fat metabolism. Mm. So you know, the two riders will start together. One burns glycogen and the other one burns the fat. And then towards the end of the stage, when the amateurs ran, he's He's burnt all his glycogen. He has to compete on his fat stores against a pro like he's us. He's not as efficient. He's not as efficient. So that's that's the biggest difference between us and the amateurs. So when we're talking about the the keto diet, the keto diet is it is very good um, to train your fat metabolism. And so it's basically really in short, if if you want to just do it on a daily, like on a like if you're doing a long ride, you don't have breakfast, you go training on an empty stomach, and then you. Um, you deplete all your glycogen stores and then you're forcing your body to, to burn fat. And the, um, so you have to remember we have three energy systems. We have glycogen, we have fat, and people always fear it, we have muscle. And because mm. um, if you run out of, because what happens is if you burn all your glycogen 
and then you're let's say you're riding at 272 watts I always say this because that's exactly a thousand calories per hour there's no way you can burn 270,000 uh, calories per hour on your body fat. So what it actually does is if your glycogen is depleted, it actually breaks down your muscle. So mm. that's why you see a lot of athletes change their body and condition to their sport and um, also to the cyclists. So um, the keto diet is really good for this. And the better you improve your fat metabolism, the more you can store your glycogen for the final. Um, you've probably also heard uh, some teams who are testing with ketones. Mm. Um, this is another theory where it's a totally different energy system altogether. So, okay, I said before you had carbohydrate, um, uh, fat and muscle as the three energies. It's true, ketones can be used. And when you go into ketosis, for, so going on a high fat um, diet, um, you do go into ketosis and you, your body breaks um, fat into ketones and you can use this as energy. Um, Health-wise, I wouldn't recommend doing ketosis. I think it's extremely healthy, unhealthy, um, only because what a lot of people are doing is they're eating, they're, they're adding, let's say, not healthy food into the diets. Because to be, to be on a ketone diet, it's very difficult. I think the number is 15 grams of carbs and protein, or no, I think it's less and then uh, protein is 15 or something. And uh, to get that high amount of fat, a lot of people are going to butter, saturated fat, mm. animal fat, which is not good. Um, bacon. Yeah. Um, bacon is now classed as a carcinogen one, wow. which is um, causing cancer. Um, a lot of them are going on meat. Um, so from a health point of view, like red meat now, all fish, um, even eggs, is classed as a carcinogen two. Um, and this is by the World, World Health Organization. So carcinogen two means uh, probably causes cancer. Wow. Um, so yeah, probably causes cancer. And then class one, which is your processed meats, so your salami, ham, bacon, um, sausages, uh, meat patties and that, they pretty much says cause cancer. It's on the same line as um, tobacco and plutonium, which wow. is Wow, is it? Yeah, so. Yeah, I've so with the and then you you consuming your entire diet from these. This is really unhealthy. Yeah. So this is in order to get to ketosis, you know, and this well, you can do it. You can do it healthy, but it's very very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult, but people don't do it like that. You know, no. um, and you see at the table guys eating heaps of meat and things like that. It's <laughs> and butter and saturated fats and okay, trans fats we don't have anymore because well, it's in some products, but they're they're really trying to ban it. Um, but a lot of guys, you know, butter is back. I'm sure you heard that bulletproof coffee, same yep. thing. Um, even coconut oil. Um, okay, it's 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 got its health points. The MTC is very good, but there's a lot of saturated fat in coconut oil too, which is um, definitely not good. So now in America, the number one cause of death is um, cardiovascular disease, mm. and this is highly related to the fats we're eating. So when you're going back to the the diet of um, yeah high fat. The, it's it's just really not healthy. <laughs> it's really not healthy. Even and you're thinking, is this a generic sort of butter we're talking about, and or are we talking about just in general? Are you are you and also in general with the meats and the eggs and stuff? Is there a different sort of perception on free range and you know grass fed stuff, or is this in general? Is this just a bit of a hoax? Yeah, well, um, I forgot the number off the top of my head, um, but free range in America means something like a two meter square window mm -hmm. in a hundred meter square wall. Um, there's really no such thing as free range, and even still, 
um, eggs are uh, the it's full of cholesterol, which is not good. I think it's two hundred and twenty-five per egg, which is you know mm. super high. Um, and how I how I learned this, what I what I wanted to do was is for myself. I just thought, okay, for me to be a better bike rider, what's what are the next things I can do? Yeah. So I thought I would test my blood. I get my blood test, and I said I want to prove every marker on my blood test. So my HDL, my high cholesterol, my low cholesterol. So the good one, the, the good one, I want a super high. The low one, the bad one, I want a super low. Um, triglycerides, um, I want it super low also. Um, and so my goal was to improve these markers, and I thought, okay, um, if I can improve this, because you know, and I know this is really this, this doesn't really work, but I was just. You know, I just wanted to try everything. I, yeah. I thought, okay, I so if all our arteries, right, are more open, then we have more blood circulation, yeah. right? So if we have more blood circulation, it's better for a cyclist. Yeah. So, and cardiovascular diseases, you know, when you, um, these arteries get cl um, smaller Clot. and clotted yeah. up and that, and then you have less blood flow. So I thought, okay, from a cycling point of view, let's just try it. So this is how I got into my nutrition a bit. Um, into more depth, so I was looking into it. So with the meat, as we discussed about, I said, okay, I'm going to cut meat out of my diet. So I cut meat out of my diet, and then I looked completely, completely, completely. And then I was like, okay. And then I also had mercury in my system, mm. right? And then I asked my doctor, well, how do I get mercury in my system? Yeah. And then he goes, well, the, the ocean, the Fish. oceans. And I used to eat a lot of seafood. I didn't eat so much meat before. But I used to eat a lot of seafood. So when you say seafood, everything or just a certain type of fish? Well, for me, um, they're, they're, I have seen some studies, you know, like even farming fish is not good. Um, but it's even tuna. It's, uh, there's a lot of toxins. And, and also, um, it's the whole thing is, uh, um, how do they say it? So the small one eats the big one, and, and mm. you know, fish just eats. They have their own ecos ecosystem, and they just pass on the toxins to each other. And then we, we're the ones that we grab consume, it, and yeah, we consume that. Thing, yeah. So, and I, and for me, I didn't know what it was in the seafood. So I just cut seafood out, and then I, I, um, I had no mercury in my system. So, what were you eating at this <laughs> point? Veg? Well, I was eating, um, yeah, veg and eggs. And then I read some bad things about eggs, and then. <laughs> Um, and for me, it was more like, okay, I just want to be healthier yeah. and see if this improves. And then I, I looked at some, I don't know if you've seen What the Health and, you know, all these document, documentaries. And, and it actually scared me. Not scared me, but I thought, okay, so let me get this right. We say we have to get our protein from meat, right? Where do they get their protein from? Mm. Do they eat protein? No. No, they're... Grass. They eat grass. Right, and then you look at other animals on the planet, and then you go, okay, look at gorillas, look at horses. They don't eat meat either. They're pretty muscular. Mm. So, <clears throat> on that sense, I was like, okay, so. But don't they have a different stomach system? Well, that's a very good <laughs> thing you brought up. So, if you want to talk about your intestines and everything, we have a very, very long one, which is actually designed to digest um, plant-based food. Mm. Where if you look at carnivores and dogs and foxes, things like this, they have a very short intestine and they have different enzymes in their body and acids to break down the meat. And we're actually not designed to, to consume eat. meat. And when we consume meat, we go, we have too much acid into our blood, into our system. And we have too much acid, <coughs> we draw, we have to, our body balances it with the pH and we draw the alkyne from the bones. Mm. And, we, that's, and when you look at um, the higher consumer countries that are eating red meat, 
have the highest amount of osteoporosis. Yeah, right. So there's a, a huge uh, coloration there. Um, so Where are these places? These oh, it's all, all Western societies. Yeah, right. So um, um, America, Australia, um, UK, Europe also. Um, <clears throat> I think the problem with, I know we've gone off a bit topic with cycling. That's okay, now, yeah. But the biggest problem with, um, you know, today's, today's diet is we've really shifted um, from what we used to eat years ago into these fast food places. And with our, our knowledge of nutrition is just getting worse and worse. And, you know, we went through the stage of low fat. You remember everything was zero fat, zero fat, zero fat. We never went on zero fat diet. Um, not, and we actually consumed more meat, more dairy. And if you look at a lot of studies in America through the 60s and 70s, actually consumed more fat, thinking mm. that they weren't. And the biggest problem is that we've actually, and we spoke about this before the podcast about fiber, we actually consume, so your recommendation, I think, for fiber per day is more than 100. I don't know if it's 100 or 150, but it's pretty high. So the average American consumes 15 grams of fiber. Right, and that's the average American. And we were talking about athletes before that they'll go on a low fiber diet mm. because fiber holds water and you obviously want to be as light as possible for the race. So if the average person is doing 15 grams and we're going less than that, this is really not healthy at all. And all animal products consume, have zero fiber in there. So it's even, um, it's even worse for you. And explain why it is, it is bad to have low fiber. Um, <clears throat> so let's say, uh, let's say you eat an apple. Okay, so you've got the fiber in there. <clears throat> and the fiber is, you, and think of it like fiber, like cloth fiber. So mm -hmm. you consume that fiber and, and, the, and, the, and the glucose and the fructose in that apple is within that fiber, goes into your stomach, and it can't really get out so quick because it's got to go through that filter of the fiber. So you don't have such a huge insulin spike. Um, and if you just have the apple and you juice it, and you get the pure sugar without the fiber, then you have, a, you, know, you have a real hard hit insulin spike. And while we said that it's good in certain periods, it's um, before about how it increases um, an anabolic state in your hormone is good. But for non-athletes, not timing this, these insulin spikes, actually you just constantly have spikes because mm. we're not consuming fiber anymore or extremely low amounts, less than um, 15 grams per day. So fiber is, and it's also cleans your digestion, it's actually very good for your digestion system. Um, there's many factors for it, why it's good, IBS. Um, it's, yeah, it's good for a lot of things. So um, as we spoke before, some riders they have, they like to, like when a mountain stage comes up, they won't eat fiber one or two days before. Um, this, is, this is a good idea um, and it works. Uh, I wouldn't do it long term. So what you do is, like how we said, you just go low fiber and your body will hold less water and I think you can drop, I think with our body weight, it's like one or two kilos. It's mm. actually quite a lot. Um, but what you got in how long do you think in a couple of days before or the day before uh, two bowel movements mm. yeah so two bowel movements you should lose yeah one to two kilos <clears throat> this is not bad but mm. what's bad is what you replace those foods for yeah and this is you know if you say no fiber and you you increase your calories with like fat for example more butter um, things like this um, then you're adding saturated fat and this is... Well, just even the thing that scares me about that and as we said, periodizing it one or two days, sure, no problem. But what scares me about, and this is another topic I want to talk to you about and maybe we can move into it now, 
is <clears throat> when guys continue this for a long period of time, it's it's eating those foods on a regular basis, but it's also eating the highly processed foods, the white, I just call it the white diet. Yeah. You know, it's white pasta, it's white rice, it's white processed bread, you know, no grain, no nothing. And that's, to, if it's for that purpose of that period, fine. But we had this conversation, and this is something I often say to people is, they ask about performance and nutrition and cycling. I said, well, to be honest, I probably could get more out of myself if I really, maybe I couldn't, I don't know. But if I really went down like a specific performance-based diet. But I've, I've always gone to cycling with the longevity of... There is life after cycling. There is life after cycling, but also I enjoy eating dinner, yeah. you know, and that's a big part of my life. As is as anyone's, so to eat that type of food, and this is only one diet, mm. the low res diet, it doesn't excite me, and it would make me depressed. Oh, for sure. It's and a- you know, like maybe I haven't been the best cyclist, but I've had a a long career, and I put that down to things that make me happy, and that's that balance. So I guess the question to you is, where do you see health and nutrition, as in health versus performance? Well, um, for me, it's health first. That's number one. Mm. Uh, I want to. I think there's more to life than cycling, and and if you're healthy, I, I believe that I could ride more years than the average cyclist. So I I I, I like to believe. Um, well, for me, it's more yeah, definitely a health um, way, and I do believe okay, if you're more healthy, you get sick less, which is a benefit as a cyclist. Exactly. Um, and if you're more healthy, uh, everything just works better. You recover faster. You sleep better. So I would always go the health way. Uh, with the processed foods, this is, you know, this is, we've had nutritions, we've had bad nutritions come into our team and they'd said, okay, you gotta have the, you know, the fast sugars and you should have, you know, the coke, the, like the, what are they, um, the honey, like the, the breakfast cereal in the mornings with high sugar. Oh, I, I don't yeah. know. Because I, I don't still know. see them on your yeah. tables, yeah, not yours, but yeah, some no, of we the European teams. Tables. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and I look across and I'm like, it's, not, it's I, like a kid's, kids if table. If I had kids, I wouldn't give this to my kids. No. And you know, it's on our table. Um, and we've had, you know, I've had some nutritionists says, okay, this is, you know, you got to fill up your stores and things like your carbos, your collection stores and that. So, okay, yes, these do fill it up, but there's more healthy food that does fill it up also. It's not processed and... Um, We're talking about like Cocoa Pops and like, yeah. you know, Frosties and these sort of things, yeah. Fruit Loops and stuff. You'll yeah. see professional teams have this on their breakfast table. And I saw it down there today. Yeah. And what they do after the dinner, if they're not satisfied with the dessert on the, the buffet, they will pour a glass of Frosties in their, in their cup and just munch on that at the end of dinner. <laughs> and the funny thing is, it's, it's, it'd be different if they came up to their room and did that. Yeah, and it'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm getting some cheeky Frosties in. But these are being prescribed. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, you know, we, had the, we had a pretty good nutritionist come to our training camp and she was going to give a talk. Um, with small groups of riders and you know I had a lot to say because I'm full into nutrition and I said for me the biggest problem is just education mm. riders are not aware what they're doing is wrong they're not a, if you put, if you put frosties on the table they'll eat it yeah. they don't they think they think this is a professional team it's there I'm allowed to eat it this, yeah. this goes back to the swanniers they need to be educated also what they buy that if it gets put on the table and it's just I think a lot of cyclists are just unaware and okay that's that's 
that's one section, especially for the young guys. And we have a lot of young guys in our team because we're a Belgium team, we're government funded, and okay, we have a lot of inexperienced, and I say this nicely, inexperienced riders that don't know better. Um, but the whole processed um, food, how you said white diet, any processed food is really not healthy. So from a health point of view, I would, <coughs> for me, I have, the only time I consume um, processed food is when I'm racing. I know it sounds terrible, but like um, yeah. race bars, gels, things like that. When I'm out of the race, if it's not, uh, let's say a social, very important social event, yeah. um, I really, um, yeah, stay away from processed foods at the moment. And this is something I've just been doing for a year and um, I think two months now. So uh, for me, my number one goal is to be healthy. And I, I just like to believe that the more healthy I am, the better cyclist I'll be. Mm. And also, the better person you'll be. Oh. I think that's what it comes down to. Like, and I know you're relating it back to performance there, but I think in general, if you're feeling better about yourself, it relates then into what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And for us, it's cycling. And we, oh, sure. we touched on that with the coach. And the coach is about, yeah, they're writing the program, but it's about being confident and them making you feel confident. And I think if I feel also confident about myself and the way I feel, the way I look, you know, it's a big thing about it. A lot of people don't think about it while they're feeling shit at the moment. It's because of a lot of it, not a lot of it, but I think some of it comes from the diet. You oh, know? exactly. You know, when I got my blood test, like I was getting blood tests every every month just to see if my diet was improving it. And when I got them back, I was, yeah, that, that gives the confidence also. My um, my good cholesterol was super high. I was out of actually out of the range of high. I thought, okay, that's great. And then my um, bad cholesterol was also- What did you do specifically on to get the- the good cholesterol up and the bad cholesterol down. I cut out saturated fats and all animal product. Okay. Okay, and I didn't consume dairy before because I'm lactose intolerant. Right. Um, so no dairy, no meat product, and then eggs. And, and that just reversed them? Yeah. You didn't increase anything to get the good fats up? No. Um, that happened, my, tr- my triglycerides dropped um, incredibly out of the range also. And the interesting thing um, was my white blood cell count totally mm. dropped out of the range wow and that's that's getting rid of the, like the the, the well, free that's, you know. that's the, the funny thing so if you're out of the range they're like a normal doctor he's like well this is not good something something's wrong and and then i i spoke to um the team doc and he goes well actually because when you have inflammation in your system yeah right then you have more white blood cells so actually you, your, your body is really clean at the moment. And for me, it's, it really shows that my diet has really improved this. Mm. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's that confidence again of getting the results from blood tests. Like, okay, what I'm doing is right. My, my blood tests are really good. Um, my cholesterol is really good. My liver is really good. My, uh, I think it's AST um, markers are really good for my liver. And that's the other thing. I want to improve my liver too. Uh, so... Yeah, it's it's the extra confidence from the health point of view that okay, and also you know I want to I want to live longer and uh, when I say live longer, I don't want to live, <laughs> I don't I don't want to be old longer. I want to be younger longer, if yeah. that makes sense. It does yeah. Okay, well, two questions: Did you feel better before you saw the results, or do you think it was a placebo effect that? you told yourself you felt better and then you saw the results and this is proof or you actually genuinely woke up and went 
I'm actually feeling better and better every day. Um, Hard to tell. No, I did feel better, but I'm, let me say, I've been doing so much research on nutrition last year. It could be, it could be a placebo effect because I'm actually believing what I'm reading, if mm. that makes sense. Um, when you look at, um, okay, we're going off topic again. When you look at factory farming, for example, um, 80% of all antibiotics produced in America are for, for, for animal agriculture, which is crazy. So when I was thinking like, uh, people, you know, we're very disconnected from our food. We just get the food on our plate and we don't know where it comes from, right? So I'm thinking, yeah. okay, 80% of all antibiotics goes into the animals and we ingest that we that. eat it. Yeah. Okay, so, and then I'm trying to think, okay, what do we like when we take antibiotics? We're pretty sick. Okay, now if they have to, but we're talking, when we say we're sick, we're okay. We can yeah. walk around and we yeah. can do stuff. And I'm trying to think of a factory farm where animals are so sick they can't even stand up. You know, for someone to pay, put money into their product to make it produce milk or eggs or just to stand to get bigger so they can sell off the meat, for example, they, they must, must be, be really bad. And this is where we're getting our nutrition from. This is where we're getting our protein from. And when I was, you know, I started reading things like this and then I looked so at- It's scaring you. Yeah, it does. And then it's sort of like, for sh okay, now I understand why they put them as a carcinogen one and carcinogen two is cancer causing. And it's sort of like, okay, when we think of, you know, okay, you go hunting and you catch something, okay, the animals, you know, fit healthy and okay, it's maybe a different story. But when you think of these factory farming and these animals are like, you know, barely surviving just to put meat on their table, sort of like, I don't think I want to eat that type of meat, if that makes sense. Sure, and yeah. as I was doing all this research, um, maybe it was a placebo thing and maybe I really believed in what I was doing. And also, okay, my blood results are better. I feel better. Um, when I did the, we had this DEXA scan at Energy mm. Lab for our team. I had four kilos of less muscle mass and I was four kilos, 4.5 kilos lighter than my previous scan before. And my um, uh, lactate test was much better. And I don't oh. mean I don't mean powder weight ratio. I mean my my lactate actual lactate test, in the blood. Yeah, was yeah. actually better. So, and then you got to add into your weight into that um, equation. So, um, <coughs> so from year round, it's actually a, a huge improvement on that side. So, has it been a year since you changed things? Now, well, it's it's been a bit over a year. Um, it was like a year and a half I was playing around different diets. And I was playing around with, you know, keto, paleo, um, Atkins, Mediterranean. And I just saw, with all, with all the research I was doing and testing myself, we're just, we're, <laughs> we, we cherry pick things. Mm. And, and let me say it like this, the Mediterranean diet's super healthy. And it is, it is, it's, it's, it's a super healthy diet. And if you look at the picture, if you Google Mediterranean diet and you get images and you see the picture, you, s you see olive oil, you see eggs, you see cheese, and you and we see- we just pick what we want out of it. Yeah, but you see uh, what people don't see, all these vegetables, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's a plant-based. And yes, you can have a little bit of cheese and you can have some egg and you know, you can have olive oil on it, but we, we don't do that. We, we, we have the Mediterranean diet and we put a whole bunch of eggs and we put heaps of olive oil on it and then we have cheese throughout it. And this is this is this is what we're doing. And if you look at I don't know if you heard of the blue zones. No. So the blue zones are the healthiest people on the planet. Right. And what they've done is they did a study 
you know, who lives the longest and who has the lowest of uh, cardiovascular disease and cancer and things like that. And they picked, found it. And um, one of the, the, the best uh, country in the blue zones in Japan is the Okawana. So it's just the islands. And they actually have an 85% carbohydrate diet and it's based on sweet potato and starch. Wow. Which is, for us, it's like, you know, we were told years ago, you, yeah. sh you shouldn't be having this. And they weren't vegans, they, they, but they had a plant-based diet. They had fish, they had meat, they had eggs, but it was only 2.5%, I think, with these type of foods. So, and what we're doing now is we're sort of turning the plate around. And, and the guys are, you know, they, they have fun at me at the table now because I'm eating something totally different to them. And they're like, yeah, but what do you eat? And I'm like, yeah, but I eat actually everything on your plate just not the meat part yeah you know and i don't have the olive oil um but you know i'm eating exactly what you're eating and they're like oh, okay yeah and um one well, well what made them question it just the way it looked or the quantity well, of it th they know that my diet is different and yeah um so i i wouldn't call myself a vegan but i pretty much follow a vegan diet in a sense yeah. um so it's full plant-based it's uh no animal product um yeah, mm. and they, but they, they, some people just, yeah, they, uh, they just like, yeah, but what do you eat? And I just kind of think there's, you know, so much what I can, and then when you're in here in Adelaide, you know, there's so many, um, I, like I'm not a huge raw fan, but there's so many raw cafes here and, you mm. know, you raw cakes, you go to raw cakes. Oh, it's very easy here in yeah. Australia to eat. It's really like easy. That. Yeah. And I love cooking, my partner loves cooking. We actually have five who wants to cook that yeah. night. And you know we're both into it, and we both love it, and there's just so much what you can make. Um, there's so much choice out there, and it's just not you know TV meals. We're not eating. Is your partner also eating the same way? Yeah, yeah. And she feels better, and she um, she had a lot of digestive problems, um, and this actually sort of actually got me started on this. You know, she had a lot of um, pretty bad digestive problems, and she had it for so long. And I was like, yeah, but you shouldn't have something. Well, I don't understand. You, we can work this out. You just keep cutting food out until it gets better. And yeah, there's, there is a way to, to get to it. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. And it's people, you know, they go to one doctor and I think they have too much trust in one doctor. Um, and I, I like to see, I like... I, to hear time, a few different opinions. Oh, yeah. for sure. You know, what, when the doctors, you know, the team doctor comes around every night and they say, how are you feeling? Mm. Are you okay? How was your day? And, you know, they do this. So they always come to my room last because I always ask as many questions as possible. Yeah. And I always ask, and I, ha I had it once with um, Lars Bach. He was like, you ask these questions also to the other doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know the answer. And, you know, and I've done the research, but I want to know their opinion. Yeah. You know, and everyone's got a different side, um, different theory in that. And, um, and I, I always think whoever's older is wiser. Mm. And if I meet someone as a doctor or is into nutrition or training, I'll ask as many questions. And, you know, I have my beliefs and I like to think I, I, I know um, um, what I'm doing is correct, but I still question other people. I mm. want to know, you know, I think you can never learn too much. So, yeah, so when she had um, problems with digestion, I was like, okay, we just got to work out, you know, what you're not eating, what you are eating, and just cut one by one every week and see if you get improvement. And so, um, and she was into the paleo diet, you know, the Atkins diet. Mm -hmm. And the paleo is just a copy of Atkins diet. And, uh, and the guy that created, um, I don't know his first name, but the Atkins guy mm. who created the diet, he actually died of cardiovascular disease. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's mind blowing. And, and people just changing the names to it because from this diet to paleo is not much different. And then going from that to keto, okay, increasing the fat, 
there's still a high protein fat and it, you're really cutting out the fiber and carbohydrates. And when we race, the best fuel energy source we need is carbs. Mm. Um, so, but you know, having said that, you can still, you know how we went into the beetroot phase, yeah. nitrates. So um, nitrate is, um, beetroot was a huge thing. And it's funny how when I did some research on nitrates, that beetroot is not the, the, the best nitrates we can take. What is the best nitrate? It's rocket. Is it? It's rocket. Ah, and it, it, I consume so much rocket. I'm loving that. <laughs> well, actually, I don't like rocket. Don't you? <laughs> no, because it's got that bitter taste. Well, it's like, yeah, peppery taste. Yeah. If, if you ever grow rocket, it goes, my mum's got a massive rocket in her veggie garden, okay. and it's just, it's a weed. Yeah. <laughs> and it just goes out of control. It just takes like 10 years to pick it. Mm. So you got to go out there and like, you spend like 20 minutes picking like a small little bunch yeah. just for yourself. <laughs> It's good homemade rock. I mean, homegrown rockets much nicer. To try it. Yeah. 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 So rocket is, and then I found this out. I was like, well, you know, because I was always skipping the rocket because I like baby spinach and um, yeah. So I was like, okay, now I'm eating rocket now. Yeah. <laughs> You're liking super, it now. Yeah. Well, I actually do like it now. At the start, I didn't. And there was a really good study. Um, I think it was Doctor. Um, it's good they got rocket here, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's actually. <laughs> I feel my plate up with them. Just at me Is like, that why there's none left every day? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, finally, there's rocket here today. Yeah, you should see my plate. Between you and me. <laughs> yeah, the other riders have look at me and like, yeah, I, I don't explain anything. It's too difficult. Yeah, but so with the nitrate, which is interesting. So rocket has quite a lot in it, and um, Doctor Neil Bernard, he did a good study that the actual um, whole beetroot is actually so much better than the beet, um, juice. Yeah, the beet juices we take. I but can imagine they, so, yeah. It's very hard to get that before the race, obviously. Just crunch on a whole beetroot, yeah. unroasted? <laughs> no, roasted. <Yeah. laughs> so run, run me through, if you can, on an average day, maybe a training day and then a race day, what, what are you eating? If it's a training day and it's a long endurance ride, I will not eat in the morning. Um, I'm a big believer in intermittent fasting. Yep. I think this is really important. Um, okay, we'll go off topic just a little. <laughs> yeah. So if you do intermittent fasting, it's really good for your fat, fat metabolism, which we spoke about before. Um, and if you prolong it, you go into autopathy. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. No, I haven't. So autopathy, uh, I cannot pronounce this guy's name, is a doctor in Japan also who got a Nobel Prize for working this out that it's called self-healing. So what happens is mm. when you, um, so self-healing, so when you when you, um, you deplete your glycogen stores and your, your, your body's really low in glycogen, you go into fat metabolism and you're burning more energy than you can um, fat metabolize to get calories, your body starts eating itself. So this is also when you break down muscle, as we said, as a third energy <coughs> system. And but it's not only muscle. So the body is really, really smart in the sense is you have all these cells in your body, new, old ones also. And the old damaged one, what your body does is it, it, it breaks them down into amino acids and oh. uses that as energy to create new cells. Wow. And this is how the people are living longer in, in Japan. And they tested this on mice. And if they restricted mice's diet, I think it was 30%. A 30% calorie intake into mice, they lived something like 20% longer than the control group. Um, so, autopathy is really interesting because one of the reasons why 
I think, and some other people are saying this too, is why we have so much cancer today is because we're constantly eating and we're constantly... You Never know, giving ourselves a chance. Yeah, and we're feeding these old cells that are getting older and older. And these are, and then once we're in consuming animal products with you know, high levels of IGF-1, which increase, is a marker that um, increases cancer, um, because you know they're giving hormones to the animals and everything that we're consuming and this really accelerates growth in our bodies too and these older cells are the ones that creates cancer so if mm. you do this autopathy stage which is killing the older cells creating newer cells which is everything um, we're talking skin cells blood cell everything right so actually apart from avoiding the the cancerous side of things you're just going to look better yeah you'll be younger you're, yeah. you're recreating new cells instead yeah. of trying to um, keep the old ones living longer, if you know what I mean. So intimate fasting is really good for this. So if it's a long ride... What about long-term fasting, just still on that topic? What yeah. about just like, you know, 24-hour, 48 fast? Oh, I'm 100% for this. Yeah. I do sometimes three days, four days. Mm. Um, Same theory? Yeah. 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 So um, the more you do this, the autopathy just gets more and intensifies. And it's mm. really good. And it's really good for your fat metabolism. Um, so I try and... if depending on my training phase i'll like if i do a three-day training phase and my second day is intervals and my third day is a long day and then i have a rest day i'll not consume food after my interval day and then i'll be fasting <coughs> all through my rest day and i'll consume carbs again just before my intensity day because you have to have carbs your intensity so day. you'll be you'll have almost a 36 hour yeah. fast yeah. from the end of your yeah. and, and what about recovery for the muscles, it's also this theory. Well, intermittent fasting actually increases your um, natural uh, growth hormone by fifteen hundred percent. Fifteen hundred percent. Yeah, you can. It's you, there's studies out there. Just, just if you just Google intermittent fasting, fifteen hundred percent growth hormone, um, you'll find heaps of studies on it. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's 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 proven. So for your recovery, it's really good also. But you've got to do it properly. You can't. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for long ride... Yeah. Well, just explain what properly is for everyone. Well, <clears throat> if you're going to do intermittent fasting, you really got to do it like a really 100% properly. So if you're going to have coffee, you can't have milk. It's really... If you're fasting, you're fasting. Um, you what would you have? Water? Nothing, tea? Just water. Um, Herbal tea? No. I For me, like sometimes if I'm struggling... Um, I will have a coffee. Coffee's okay. Black coffee? Yeah, black. I don't have sugar in the house anymore. Um, but some people think you can have protein, but protein will... People don't forget this. Protein will create... It'll give you a little spike, spike yeah. yeah. It gives you a spike. So it's really zero. Like, it's really mm. got to be zero. So I do that properly. And if you, you can also do a long ride with this because a long ride should be in your fat metabolism state. Mm. So you can still do training on that day. It doesn't have to cancel your day out if you're doing intermittent fasting. So on my long days, I don't eat for the the, the, the ride. But to do this also, you have to do it by yourself. It's yeah. very hard to do this one with someone else. Totally. Um, and when I explain... Because you need to just roll along at your own pace and just be happy with it. Oh, exactly. And if... Take the numbers away. Yeah. Well, you, you actually well, have them as your limit. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, what people forget. So for me, my long ride would be 200 to 220 watts. And what people forget is if I go out of a corner and I just stand up and do a little sprint, accelerate, or there's a little climb and I do, you know, 10 seconds around 400 watts, it takes me 20 minutes to go back to my fat, fat burning state. Mm. And when you're doing a bunch ride, 
like a training camp or something, you always hit 400 watts in your long rides. Yeah. You know, there's always some guys holding the speed over the climb, and you just you just need to get over for a second. Then you got 20 minutes again before you go into fat. Wow! And you're constantly doing this through training. So if you want to do a proper um, endurance ride, you have to be by yourself or ride side by side with someone. When you get to the climb, you got to ride slower. Not slower, yeah, slower Just, speed, yeah. but hold the watts. And when you go downhill, you actually got to pedal faster to keep the 220 watts, if you know what I mean. Mm. Some people just think you just stop pedaling. Okay. But, okay, you don't have to pedal downhill, but the, that's the important thing is to maintain the watts. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do for my long ride. And then I believe with all training, you should do it at 100%. So if, you, if you're if you going to do a hard, intenseful in, uh, interval day, you've got to eat. You should not do this sober. This is not healthy doing it sober. You want to get your maximum results on that day. So, um, what will you fuel up with on those days? Um, well, I'm a oh, I like porridge, um, oats. Um, so I generally have that. What um, oats with the water? Um, well, no, I have nut milk. Depends. Well, we 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 change our mind. We have all different milks, and like we have almond. We also have uh, almond hazelnut. We've been making our own hazelnut milk lately. It's actually, mm. it's, it's much more nicer. It's um, nicer, isn't it? It is. A friend of mine's making a hazelnut milk in Melbourne now. Yeah. And um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, really lovely. Oh, the, the ones you buy from shop are nice, but they put a bit too much water in it, that's all. Mm. You can get really thick ones. But we have really good soy milk in Europe. Um, obviously, I'm sure here also. But here I've just been having almond. Um, yeah, just almonds, dates. Um, I like, yeah, sometimes I change the flavours of the porridge. And I've just read that um, overnight oats, you know how we have overnight oats the team makes? I didn't know it was so healthy. Yeah, right, because so it ferments a bit. Yeah, and the, the starch contents increases. Mm. So uh, I've been making overnight oats here, which has been really good. Um, just a bircher, you mean? Like just, yeah, so you make it, yeah. so you just pour it in and just let it sit overnight in the fridge and then have it in the morning. Mm. Um, so this is more healthy. Um, so I just have that and then in the ride. Um, <coughs> have you ever done that with your rice? No, mm. but I've been told it's also good. Yeah, and you keep you keep the mother off the yeah. rice as well. Yeah, and use that again to yeah. do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this 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 um this one um, study I read uh, with potatoes also. I didn't realize that it's actually far more healthy to eat the potatoes when they cool down mm. and not hot because we love sweet potatoes. Um, mm. My partner and I, we have so many. Uh, like, are you know. boiling them or roasting them? Um, depends. She. <laughs> she likes to boil it. I like to roast it. Mm. Um, so a bit of both. Yeah, right. cooking that day. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's go to race day. You're here. What are you having here the morning? Tomorrow morning. Okay. We've so, what's tomorrow? Corkscrew. Corkscrew. Big day. <laughs> <laughs> Uphill start. Uphill start. So what I'll do is, um, yeah, I have basically when I wake up, I have um, uh, oats again. Um, because I like my oats. Overnight oats? Overnight oats. Um, have a Nutribullet here. So what I do is I uh, just put oats. Um, I don't know what type of milk I have here, but it's probably almond or soy. Um, and I'll just blend that with some dates. And I think I have a banana here also. And then I'll just let it sit. And it's really nice texture the next day. And it's nice. It's actually more creamy the next day. So I have that. Well, you blend it up. Yeah, I blend it up. So it's like a it's, soup it's or It's like a pudding. But because oh. it's in the fridge, it's actually like it's really thick, like a pudding. Wow! It's, it's like a dessert. I love it because it's, yeah, it's it's for me. It's yeah, it's like having dessert for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so I have that, and then what's the sweetness in there? 
the, the banana. dates and the banana. Oh, the dates, yeah. the dates, yeah. And uh, then you just have it up here. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the room, by the way. Well, yeah, yeah it took them, uh, the riders, I think, more than a week. Yeah. Like, have you, have you I haven't seen you at breakfast. <laughs> it's like, okay, if the, 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 the time before, um, I, I go out and have breakfast with my um, family because yeah. they're here. But during race day, it's sort of like, I have my breakfast here. Why should I walk all the way down there and come yeah. back up here? Do you uh, have coffee in here? Um, yeah, I just have the instant. Oh, yeah. horrible. <laughs> it's kind of everything in life. Yeah. So I have that and... And what I do is, because I don't believe in this three-hour period, I think this three-hour period is designed for athletics, 100-meter sprint, because they want to have an empty stomach because they're yeah. going, you know, full gate, full block out of the It's gates. never made sense to me anyway, because I never apply that theory when I go training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eat like, I have breakfast, and I kid up and I go. Yeah, exactly. I'm on the bike within an yeah. hour, you know? Yeah, I, I really believe this is designed for 100-meter sprinters and athletics, because there's no way they're going to eat and do a 100-meter sprint, you know, 15 minutes later they want it all digested glycogen levels up and you know what i think the three hour period is for thinking about this one i was just thinking about it then i probably couldn't eat any later because we've got to do so much rigmarole before yeah do our team meeting before and we're going to be down at that tent like hmm. an hour before we leave then we go to the race an hour before yeah. you're like yeah you more or less have to eat three hours before whether you want to or not true anyway so i just eat it whenever i wake up um oh you're you're of the theory of later, more time. Well, no, y yes, but what I believe in, a bit of the same, you should have your main meal. So it's, so I, I do believe in the three hours in the sense that it should all be digested, but I don't mm. believe that should be your last meal because mm. from that point, you, you last consume that meal to the race starts. If it's three hours, it's three hours you've lost calories. Mm. So you don't want to be at the start line in deficiency already. So... I always snack in between and just just regularly. So <clears throat> I might have a banana. If it's a big banana, then I'll you know it'd be one hour between. Um, I'll have a bar, um, and then if it's this, so I have a bar and I might just not have it all at once, but I'll just nibble it through. So I want to be at the start line because we can only we can only consume a certain amount of calories per hour. And what I never understood is people eat three hours before they eat nothing, they race one hour and then they have a gel. And I always feel that's one hour you could have consumed calories in that race and you didn't. Mm. And you're already into, you're, you're already into deficiency because you're playing catch up. Because if totally. you look at the amount of calories we consume in a race and the amount of calories we burn the race, the numbers don't add up. No. We're in a deficiency at the end. So obviously you want to get the carbs in as fast as possible from the start. So I always have a gel or something at the start and then I'm always, you know, I'm, try I'm trying to stay in front before I go into the negative. What do, you try and, what do you try and consume every hour in the race then? Um, I try, like I go on uh, calories. Um, so I, I try to go for about 320, 320 calories per hour. Right, and what does that look like? That's probably 80 grams of carbs, exactly. Yes, 400, 400, um, uh, 400 calories per 100 grams. Yep, so, it's, so 320 is 80 grams of carbs per hour. And that looks like what? Um, Three oh, gels, <coughs> four gels? Yes, yeah, so I have a lot of gels. Um, and to break that down into a normal food so we can all wrap our head around it, what? Four bananas? Well, I don't know exactly. So three, well... I think a banana is about 25 grams of carbs, roughly. 
Okay. Well, um, yeah, basically carbohydrate yeah. is 400 calories per 100 grams. So even with protein, um, what can I say? It's, yeah, <laughs> um, into whole foods. Yeah. So how many carbs did you say in a banana? 25. 25. So if there's 25 carbs in a banana, yeah, that's 100. Yeah. 100 calories. Yeah. Yeah. So four. Yeah. Just so people can get their head around how much sort of needs to be consumed mm. every hour. I have a lot of gels. And I, I <clears throat> Do you still carry the gel packet? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gel packet. So. Um, Explain I, what that is. So basically I carry... It's, I think we explained this last time. Yeah, it's yeah, like a go. bottle. It's like a bo soft bottle. Mm. Um, it's actually like a little mini camelback in a way with the, the bottle top at the end of it. So that's that's the type of um, bottle it is. And I just fill it up with gels. And, uh, and I just have a like a little squeeze of it every... I try every 25 minutes. Um, and then if it's a hard part in the race, I have a little bit more just in case. Uh, if it's cold, raining, I have more. And I add caffeine. Do you eat solids ever? Um, I, I have been in this race because uh, there's always been um, uh, dairy products in the in the bars before, so I couldn't, and that's why I've always went for gels. And so normally it's always gels, but this race I had like I had two bars today. It was the first mm. time in years. What so about making your own food? Have you never thought about making yeah, like rice and stuff? It's just, it's too difficult. Yeah. You know, if it's a one-day race, maybe. I've always done stage races in the previous years. Yeah, and, true. And if you look at how much you eat and how much you need to bring to a stage race, it's a lot. And what about if you got the Swan Years to make you a dairy-free rice cake? Never thought of it, or? Uh, I don't like to be difficult. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you would, for instance, you'd be still oh, open for something yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I think... Um, it wasn't like you were having gels because that's what you needed to have. It was just because that was really convenient. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Power Bar, they did a study with um, gels that riders perform better if they enjoy the flavor of the gels. Mm. Um, it's an interesting study. So I do believe that, you know, if you really enjoy, like if, you, if they made a nice rice cake, for example, something like that, for sure go for it over something you don't like. And for mm. me, having gels every day is not the <laughs> how's your stomach been oh, i have no problem i've been doing this for years so yeah. I, was, I was a bit forced to do it because of um dairy products in the past yeah. in the bars so yeah i have no problem at all with it have you done any stuff with your gut in, in terms, terms of gut health like getting some good bacteria in there through types of fermented foods or things like that have you looked into that yeah i've i went through the, <laughs> the fermented phase two years ago um, it's I'm actually reading the book called at the moment called the gut it's mm. a really interesting book uh, and there's actually this is this this is crazy that um, everyone has different back uh, gut gut ba bacteria Four, and yeah. it's uh, well this is a huge this is a huge topic yeah let's just touch on it quickly <laughs> um, what were the feeling let's just go to that then did you find, did you did you enjoy it? Did you notice any benefits? Did you not notice anything? What was the reason why you stopped? Well, no, not I, stopped. But yeah. what did you take out of it? Um, I think the, the well in this book I'm reading and the things I've felt, especially with my diet change now, the, I think we have underestimated how important the gut is in the body. 
um, just with the, the, the amount of ner nerve cells, the nerves surrounded by the gut and how it's connected to our brain and how it influences our um, behavior. Uh, we really, this is, yeah, from, this, from reading this book, I've, it's really opened my eyes at how important it is, the food we put in our mouth and how, you know, the, the types of food that we eat and changes our, um, just our depression, for example, is highly related to food, they say, also. Mm. So with the fermented food, yes, it's really good. Uh, um, our team did a, how do I say, the thesis test on us all. Oh, yeah. And they're testing, um, they want to see what type of probiotics and prebiotics to give us um, based on this because everyone's different. And there's actually some studies that have just been um, uh, released and it's called um, uh, Poo infusion? Have you heard wow, of this? Oh no. So basically your your gut bacteria is created from birth. Right. And if you're and they actually can tell from from birth. Yeah, but is it from or oh, from birth? So from it's not developed from the mother. This is where it gets interesting. If you're a Caesar child, you you've been introduced to the world with different bacteria than if you weren't. A natural birth. So actually through the yeah. birthing process. Yeah. And it actually changes the difference wow. of the child. So the child that's um, actually um, been delivered naturally <laughs> actually has a stronger immune system than uh, a, a, um, a child that's had a Caesar. So anyway, but... Wow, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it's actually, there's, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, but let's fast forward a little. So with your your the, the bacteria inside of you what they actually believe is with the poo infusion and this sounds this sounds horrible that if you take someone else's bacteria from their digestive tract and you infuse that into your system that you can get some of their um you can get some of their how do i say their, their attributes and um so if you wanted like let's say uh for example you you wanted to be uh you know uh, uh a faster sprinter, for example, a more intelligent person, you'd, you'd actually try and get a, a poo infusion, grab their <coughs> bacteria from their, their feces and let it go through your digestive tract. How do they let it go through the tract? You just eat yeah. it? Yeah, well, you take <laughs> well, they're actually testing it at the moment with um, putting it in a tablet form, which I think is better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look this up after yeah. Actually, I read in the book. I was like, "Nah," and then I was looking at some YouTube videos because, you know, when I'm when I'm downstairs in my basement, I'm working on stuff. I'm always like looking at, um, uh, let's say, document um, TED talks and yeah. you know, um, just yeah, some stuff. And this other guy mentioned poo infusion, and then I spoke to the team doctor about it because he wanted to test our um, feces. Yeah, and then I was I was like, "Is this is this true?" He goes, and he was joking with me. He goes, "Yeah, you want to get Andre Greipel's?" <laughs> I was like, no, but you're serious. This is like I've I've heard it three times now. Is it really? Like, yeah, it's 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 a new thing, and they think it's real. And, and I told them the whole thing about like, I read. There's a difference with the with your your uh, gut bacteria if you're a Caesar child if you're naturally birthed. And he goes, yeah, it's actually true. The the first bacteria you're actually exposed to, you know, it can really um, influence your immune system and life and everything. And it blew my mind away. And he, so, what do you know about performance then and and gut health? Um. Oh, I think it's it's. How's well, it? How are the two correlate? This is the reason why I'm reading this book. Is because um, I want to try and find things from it. Um, but definitely, your gut health is your 
let's just say the healthier your gut is healthier body is that's yeah. for sure and you want it as best as possible and what you don't want to do is just putting crap into it so that's why i've really stayed away from processed food um animal all animal products at the moment because of the hormones the antibiotics the igf1 things like this um, I'm, I'm also in this book I've <coughs> read things like the process of how food has been delivered like small things like what we don't realize is you know when we consume fat um, it goes it doesn't go first it goes into our lymphatic system mm-hmm. and then it goes through our heart and then it goes into our liver where everything else gets broken down right and gets filtered first wow and through your heart yeah so it's it's pretty scary in that sense um, so yeah, so with the, uh, yeah, healthy gut is everything. Mm. Jesus. All right. Let's let me have a quick look at my little journal here to see that we haven't touched everything, touched everything but I think oh, it's probably en- enough for tonight. Um, what I really did want to touch on was the health versus performance, which I think was is really interesting because I know we've drifted on and off, but I think it really does get overlooked by athletes themselves but also people watching sport not just cycling that it's all about the performance and it is but not for me (laughs) it's going to come out the wrong way you know what i mean i am all about the performance being the best i can as a cyclist but not at the detriment of being a healthy human being Um, for sure i know i know when i'm at the table now i'm eating it's 100 percent for health and i know the other riders say especially the younger ones and I don't want to say it to them, but it's sort of like, you know, if, like I think, like I see what they eat and I think, oh, I wish I knew what I knew at your age, you know what I mean? And, and that's the thing, like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I know this with myself, and I'm sure you know, you have to learn and try things yourself. Yeah. And you have to go to the rock bottom to come back up and go, wow, I can't believe I was back there like a year ago. Exactly. And that's the only way you really truly learn and believe in the next thing because if you just get told stuff all the time you never really embrace it i don't think anyway i still have to try it and and test it for myself oh for sure that you don't want to walk away knowing that you didn't try something yeah and wondered you know was i doing it wrong and that's why i've always branched out and tried different things because i want to walk away knowing yep i've tried that doesn't work tried that doesn't work and tried this it does work for me because for me exactly doesn't work for me yeah and that's right and that's also why i'm there i'm like because you do, and I can't imagine you're like that at all, but sometimes I feel like I'm lecturing people. And it's like, actually, at the end of the day, it's no skin off my back. Yeah. If you want to ask me a question about it, yeah. do. And I don't know everything either. Yeah. Um, but Not exactly. unlike you, <laughs> you do. No, I don't. How good is it? <laughs> no. I'm always Googling. Um, well, look, we'll wrap it up tonight, mate. Awesome. Very good. So good talking to you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it.